We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Computer, this is Data. I'm an Android. I'm a basketball. I was processing all of the information. Processing. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. Rangers pick basketball. Analytics was crap. Does not compute. Just because you got good stats doesn't mean you're a good team. <laughs> Hello, and welcome back to the Lakers Exceptionalism Podcast. My name is Tom Z, joined by Tim, aka Rangers McBasketball. How you doing tonight, Tim? I'm excited, Tom. I, I digging into the wings today. Found an interesting group of guys. Some underrated players. I think there's there's no I think perfect uh, individual solution for LA from a wing standpoint among who else is out there. But it'll be an interesting market with some buyers. Uh, a good bit of you know not not a ton of strong players. So I, I'm interested to see how the market plays out. But uh, always happy to be back here with you, breaking it down, digging into the film. Love the playlist. I'm glad we got Rui in there as well. I saw the the stat you shared in the chat. For those listening on the podcast, do you want to repeat what that was? Just a bananas number. Yeah, it was crazy. Uh, so this was just the time that he was with the Lakers, but he was uh, 20 for 36 in his uh, field goal attempts on with the shot clock under four seconds which is insane. It was like 98th percentile, you know? Um, and a lot of them are, you know, kickouts to a wide open three, but not all of them. A lot of them are self-created, you know, bump, spin, classic Rui move. And uh, it's really impressive. It's great to ha- be able to have that safety valve out there for the second unit that, you know, was struggling on offense at times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely a nice bailout, like clock guy. I don't know that he'll be able to do it quite to the degree he did it with LA this past season, but that's the fun you get into with small sample sizes. Sometimes they go poorly, as we've seen for a couple guys. Sometimes they go really, really well, as we've seen for other players. And it's about, I don't know, trying to stay grounded, which means, you know, not hating on the guys when everyone else wants to hate on them, not, you know, being a little bit of a downer when people are like, oh, this guy's the best. We should give him all the money. Uh, Just trying to, you know, Stay in the middle, and, and hopefully we'll we'll call it right more times than not. Yeah, it's interesting. I'm curious what you got, you and Project Ghostbusters came up with for 
uh, his market is, you know, we'll talk a little bit today here about the wing situation, both what the Lakers have, you know, obviously Rui is going to be a restricted free agent, so they're able to match, but you know, there's other options out there as well. You know, just continuing our, uh, the same style we did yesterday for the guards one. If you didn't, you can go listen to that pod or watch that video playback on YouTube. Um, but yeah, I guess let's start with Rui Tib. I, I, it was important for me to put him on there partially, and this is total transparency. I was texting Tim today. Bro had me watching like Cam Reddish film. And I'm like, dude. <laughs> I told you like, it was bad. There were guys. You did. That, you did. There, but I was like. Are, if you need names, here are names. They're, <laughs> they're bad. Yeah, so it was, we couldn't get, you know, subject you all to that. It was that bad. Um, but it. it to that point, Tim, it's a tough market because this is the most sought after kind of position in the league right now. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. There's more spending power available than there are good players, I'd say. And I think that situation where we might see a couple guys overpaid or we might just see teams kind of say, no, nah, I'm, I'm OK, I'm going to pay you this much money. Because, you know, I know you're the next best guy and I've got my full MLE, but I don't know if you're worth the full MLE. And I, I, that to me is going to be an interesting situation because I don't think we're going to see that with the guards as much. It's going to be like grab who you can grab with as much money as you're able to. With the wings, it might be a little different because I think there's a, a bit of a drop off after the top couple guys. And to help illustrate that, I'm going to pull up onto the screen now something that we had shared yesterday for the guards this was the uh, – let me pull it up right now. Here we go. The poll that I put out the other day, and let's see how many votes did it get. So this was uh, 1,762 votes. How it worked was it say, you know, which free agent player has more has higher value on the market? It gives you two players. You pick one, and then it gives you two more players, and you just keep going and going and going. And based on those head-to-head matchups, aggregating all the results – and then also people seemingly thinking Jalen McDaniels was Jaden McDaniels. <laughs> uh, we so he this is the one part where like you know usually I really like getting that uh, that you know group you know thinking uh, what do we think of guys and he's pretty good I, uh, to be honest like he's he's pretty solid and he should be in this range anyway. But uh, in the very beginning, he was like second or first on this. And I was like, oh, no, I need to put out a PSA. This is not <laughs> his brother. Um, so that's the downside of posting these on Twitter. But so I'm pulling up on the screen. Here's just the relative value for a handful of these wing free agent players. And we see Chris Middleton way up at the top. We've got Max Struess, Dylan Brooks, Jalen McDaniels, Kelly Oubre. And then there's a bit of a drop off here. And, and I mean, there's some drop-offs among that, just those top five, but there's a bit of a drop-off. And then you get into the next six or seven guys, and then it drops off even a bit more. And, and really, there were even more options that I ended up deactivating because they were doing so poorly. And I was like, I don't need people pulling this up and picking between picking, picking between Anthony Lamb and JTA. Um, <laughs> so Rui, I, you know what? I probably should have put him. I didn't put him on this list. That was my mistake. I, I would imagine that Rui on this list would probably be like right around that top five. Like I, I don't, you know, Middleton's higher. I think you can probably say Struess is higher. Brooks, hate the offense, love the defense. I think he's probably still 
higher. But I think Rui, you can make an argument for him along with McDaniels, Ubre. Like I think he's right in that group, maybe touching, you know, Brooks. I don't know what your thoughts are, Tom, but you know, I look at this and I say, oh, well, Rui's gonna be one of the higher coveted wing options available. Oh, and you know what? This is the threes. That's why. Let's pull up the fours. This is my there we go. Yeah, he's on this list. Um yeah. Yeah, this makes way more sense. Okay, so here are the power forwards. Draymond Green, then a drop-off, and we've got Jeremy Grant, Cal Kuzma, Cam Johnson, a drop-off, and then you've got Rui, Harrison Barnes, P.J. Washington, and Grams, and then a gigantic drop-off. So with either of these lists, we have several tiers of players, which is a nice way to see, you know, if you've got an MLE and there's, you know, I don't know, let's say there are, six really good players and five teams have a full MLE and you have the taxpayer MLE, like you might still get a pretty decent player in that same tier and not pay as much. I will say we got fewer votes, I think on this one and this, yeah, only 1400 votes. And this was a, you know, Tim tweeting it out. So there may certainly be some Laker bias with some of the responses here. As, as we note that Rui again is ahead of Harrison Barnes and PJ Washington, who I would have ahead of him. Uh, He's in the same tier, though. I think we could say he's in the same tier. Again, I think that's going back to uh, the the most recent, you know, bias, recency bias, because um, of how how good he was uh, in the playoffs, which I don't think is like who he is now or anything. But mm-hmm. it shows, you know, the ways he can be helpful are very helpful. Yeah. Uh, does everyone have their umbrellas open? Because here's a, a little bit of a cold splash of water. I'm going to switch my tab over to regular season Rui Hachimura. Yeah. Um, these don't look as good. <laughs> these grades don't look as good, man. Mm-hmm. And we see, you know, he ended up shooting, he had an F three-point shot making grade in the regular season, shot 32%. He ended up shooting better when you account, to the, uh, account for him shooting, you know, 100% in the playoffs or whatever it was. He ended up getting up to like 35 or so. Um, and, you know, that's good. He was at 35.2 overall this year. He was at 44.7 the prior year, 35.5% the prior year. So after a real rough start, picked things up and ended up finishing the season a good enough shooter. And on the shot quality, that's that's going to work. And as a good secondary rim protector, that got better as he was in his later tenure. As a guy who was rotating better and better, his box out tendencies, his rebounding tendencies were improving. He was more active. He was no longer in that low activity defensive role that for the regular season, right? whole season, not just with LA, he ended up being in. We saw this guy improve his stock in some, to me, real ways. And then in others where it was just the shooting variance went back in his favor after not being in his favor earlier. And then in other ways, like the late clock scoring that I just don't see as sustainable. Um, so trying to figure out how good is this guy really, how much is he worth, I think is an interesting question. Thankfully for the Lakers, they can, if they want to, just kind of see what the market is going to say. Because he is like some like Reeves that we talked about yesterday. They have his uh, restricted free agent rights. Now, Rui is a full bird player. Um, LA can offer him quite a bit of money. But they can also match anything that another team does offer him. And just like with Reeves, they've been fairly open with free uh, front offices about telling them, yeah, you know, we will match. Go, You can waste your money and tie it up for 24 hours. He's going to be a Laker at the end of the day. And so trying to scare teams off from giving them offers and 
that's where, you know, it becomes interesting looking at which teams will have money and, and how that might play out. Yeah. So of the teams, I guess that could have money, uh, let's do what we did yesterday. Are there, are there any that make sense for you um, that, you know, we've got Detroit, right? We've got, we talked about Houston, uh, but they've got a bunch of wings now. Um, who else? There's San Antonio, probably not. Indiana, maybe. I guess maybe see Indiana. Yeah, I, let, let's. I guess let's run down the I, whole list. So you mentioned. Well, I guess we'll start with the ones that I think are less likely. So Orlando, I think they're going to go with the center, and there's a good one available for them. We'll cover Thursday. TBD there. With the Wizards, we talked yesterday about how they likely wouldn't be a factor, but as one of the few cap teams that will be pursuing a wing, if they do want to keep Kuz, because I think Kuzma might be going into a market where he doesn't have a ton of suitors, or he won't be able to get offers to the degree that he was expecting to, he might end up sticking around and just taking a deal with Washington that's not as high as he wants, and but is, you know, good and then we'll try to work with them to get him traded i think could be something we see there uh with the spurs they have wemby they'll likely be playing him at the four Keldon johnson they've got a bunch of money invested in they're probably not a factor here indiana uh we talked about them yesterday aiming a bit more at bruce brown maybe being someone that could go after reeves steven chenzo could be someone they pursue uh we also saw harrison barnes be a name that was tied with them that came out today and I think that actually makes a good bit of sense. And they've got the money to go grab Bruce Brown and Harrison Barnes, potentially. So that's someone that could be a factor. If they don't get Barnes, yeah, Rui could make some sense for them. Detroit, they have a bunch of money to spend. And I'm expecting that they probably find a guy who better fits their age timeline and goes with Cam Johnson. Offers him a bunch of money. We'll see if Brooklyn matches. He's a restricted free agent. But if they offer him, a whole lot of money, you know, high 20 millions per year, he might be gone and and he may end up a piston and he fits their timeline. He's a solid player. He's getting better. That's, I guess, if we have to project something at this point, that's what I would project there. Okay. Now, Oklahoma City, they also have a good bit of money to spend. They are also younger and Rui's not like an older guy. He, he can fit their timelines as well. Grant Williams is the one that that having looked through the different options among the Ghostbusters crew, thinking through who they might go after, Grant Williams was the guy that we think for them. Boston's likely done with Williams. He may not be back. He may not want to be back. They may not want him. LA, we know wants Rui. So this could be a situation just like with Reeves and Brown where it's like, yeah, we got multiple good options. One of them we know is super gettable. The other one is we need to hope their home team doesn't match our offer. And if they do, we may lose out on both of them. And so that is the calculus that OKC has to be doing. It plays into their favor that they are younger. They may be taking their time. And if they do whiff, it's not the biggest deal. But Grant Williams would be the one that, that we'd project for them, for them to spend their money. And then with the Rockets, we talked about Fred Van Vliet yesterday. Dylan Brooks is the other guy that makes sense for them, is apparently interested. They can offer him... like three years, 45 mil, just above the, the MLE and, and get him. Uh, they did just draft Jabari Smith Jr. last season. He was the third pick in the draft. Cam Whitmore, they just grabbed this season in this draft a week ago. So they are probably in a pretty good space from a wing standpoint. Brooks is 
I mean, it's like a two, three, three, two. So he can, he can be a wing. He can be a guard. I would say the biggest threats to Rui would be the Pacers, the Pistons and the Thunder. But all in all three of those cases, we've either seen names tied to them or it just makes way more sense for, for those other players to go their way. So just yeah. like with Reeves going into this free agency period, especially now that LA is messaging it pretty consistently and well, I wouldn't be surprised if they're able to play some hardball with Rui, a deal that isn't absurd. Like if they bring him back and he's getting paid $15 million a year, that's going to be lower than he wants. And that's going to be lower than many of us projected he would probably get. And more than I projected him to get, just kind of, you know, BSing like, ah, he could probably get, you know, 18 mil or 16 mil. I don't know. If they can get him back at like 13 and a half million a year or something like that, at least for the first season, that's, you know, above the MLE, they'll be able to keep him around. Uh, and in addition to that, it'll be a situation where they may be opening other doors for themselves. So 13, 14, 15, 16 million, somewhere in that range is what I would expect for Rui from the Lakers. And I, I think he will be back. So that's an interesting kind of, I think, you know, talking point is, is, is Rui viewed as a young guy who could get better? You want to grow with the timeline or is he, he viewed as, you know, uh, a good team role player guy who kind of proved he can, he can fit within a rule and um, play well in the playoffs. So he could be viewed as both. I, I get that, but it's what teams value and whether they're willing to maybe overpay considering he's a restricted free agent, that extra risk of tying up your money gets, gets factored in is where, and like, this sounds crazy. I, I don't think this is going to happen, but something like the Kings missing out on, on other free agents and being like, you know what? I like, uh, you know, I like what he proved in the playoffs and we're a good team and we think he can fit in with our, um, with our timeline and, and our now goals, you know, our win now goals. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, good call out. I forgot about Sacramento. They, if born, like, I, I think Sacramento is going to be gunning for Draymond and right. if not Draymond Barnes is an option. And if neither of the two of them, I think Kuzma Right. is someone that they, they tried to trade for him. Kuzma yeah. thought he was a Kings a King. player. Yeah. Like that offseason, I was getting texts from agents saying, you know, this is happening. This deal's about to happen. And then we got the Russell Westbrook bombshell dropped on us. It, they thought players on each side of that trade thought that trade happened. Uh, and it didn't happen. I think, you know, going just down the street, not, you know, uh, figuratively, could be a good fit for him as well. So there are a number of guys that make sense for them. But I guess another factor, you know, along with, all right, we've got a number of cap space teams. We also have a number of teams that may be interested in spending an MLE. So Dallas could be looking for a wing. The Pelicans could be looking for a wing. Atlanta could be looking for a wing. Portland, they're going to try to retain Jeremy Grant. I think they will. If they don't, they probably still also need a wing. Either way, they're going to be looking, you know, to grab a wing off the market. Indiana is a team that will have the room MLE most likely to spend on a wing. Like there are a number of buyers out there. And so there will be like, as one of these teams, if you can pick between sure thing, Grant Williams or comparable player, perhaps Rui Hachimura, whiff on and then get neither guy. 
and you know there are five other teams that are ready to offer these guys good money, it, it, you know, you're may, you may be more conservative and go with the guy you know you can get. That, you know, the second he says yes, he's yours, rather than, you know, having to deal with the CBA implications of restricted free agency. Well, it's going to be interesting, Tim. Uh, shout out, Bix, for putting in the official um, news that the Lakers extended qualifying offers to Rui Hachimura and Austin Reeves. So that's good news here, Tim. Uh, do you want to dive into some of these other options? Like, you know, so to me, the most realistic option where Rui isn't back is they just have to renounce his cap hold to, like, sign Kyrie. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, they've got some options. Um, I guess if we pull up, I've got a, a tab here with the Lakers set up. Um, a couple different things they can do. So, actually, Beasley's at, like, what is he at, 16 million, I think? I think this is looking accurate or so. If they're able to – so, if they do renounce him – and they do get D'Lo back, and I don't know, we'll say D'Lo's at 18 million. Let's say they retain Reeves, and they wave Mobamba, and they're able to get off of Beasley. They're still above the cap. And I don't know, they let Lonnie go, and we'll, we'll ignore this. So, like, I, I don't know that I see a realistic path here for the team to just renounce him and get cap space if they do still retain Reeves. Well, they wouldn't bring back D'Angelo too. Elo, yeah. I mean, like if they if both of them are are out right. of, out of there, then then yeah, they're going to be able to get some space. So yeah, if they were, I guess this is this is the way it's looking. Like if they do want to go, you know, swing for the fences at a Kyrie or something like that, like they need to let like everybody go. You yeah. need to let like just about everybody go. Then you're able to get to the like mid 20 millions. That doesn't seem territory. from, like, this, from what Palenka said, doesn't seem like that's the path they're going down, but I just wanted to mention it. That's yeah. That's still well, possible. And it's part of it is like the guys you have on the roster, like they're, they're good basketball players. They're not perfect players. Some of them you're, you're happy to move off of. Let me actually make the screen a bit bigger, but you've got some decent guys. And a path the team could potentially go if you are able to, let's say Malik Beasley, you, you decline his team option, but you do want to keep him around. So you re-sign him to a longer term, shorter money deal. Instead of him costing $16 million for one year, maybe, I don't know if you'd be able to get him at three years, $24 million, something like that. We'll just say, for example, and then with, with raises, maybe he starts at $7.4 million. Uh, with Mobamba, if you cut him, You've now, you know, saved a lot of money between Beasley and Bamba originally. And then if you are able to negotiate and, you know, based on the market, end up keeping Reeves at that, that uh, arenas rule looking contract, Elo at a little over 18 mil a year, and then Rui at like 13 and a half million a year, you now have enough space where you can use the full non-taxpayer MLE. You're able to you, you tap yourself at that first apron. You're able to use that full non-taxpayer MLE. You can also use the biannual exception, which, as we talked about yesterday, would be in the ballpark for Dennis Schroeder. Maybe it doesn't get him. It would be less than the taxpayer MLE, but could be an option. So if you wanted to open up those two spending categories, 
this is now looking a little bit more realistic than it did previously when, you know, I was thinking, all right, well, it's at least 20, maybe 25 mil for D'Lo. And then for Rui, maybe like 15 to 18 mil. Like if you're able to go a little bit lower on the two of them, even bringing Reese back. And then if you can do this Beasley piece here, and I wouldn't just want to like cut him loose altogether. He's an okay player. He had a very down year. Defensively, it was his worst season ever. And then offensively as a shooter, we just saw him come off of what had been an okay year from shooting standpoint, then join the Lakers, put the New Jersey on and stink. I give him another chance and, and he'll be able to recoup some of that value. And even if it doesn't work out, this is a much more tradable deal. This is a movable deal. You can move some of these pieces around. If you do want to make a trade at the deadline, losing assets to me is an ideal. And this to me is, is more of that, uh, you know, maximizing what you can do with the, uh, cap and everything, you would have a couple minimum contracts. You'd have a couple two ways. You, you'd have some options here. So this, sorry to sidetrack us, but if we are talking about, you know, if you do or don't resign Rui and how much for how much, this is why that matters. If you're paying Rui 20 mil in DLO 20 mil, you can't do this. This route is no longer available. So being able to control the cost for DLO, Reeves, and Rui really opens up the ability to improve the roster rather than just try to hold on to what you have. And I wanted to make sure I made that point before we got out of here today. For sure. Uh, well, we watched some film on here on playback where we're streaming, you know, come join us on Monday, Tuesday, Thursday at 6 PM. Uh, we watched some Yuta Watanabe, some Keita Bates Diop, some Jay Crowder. And then we watched some more Rui Hachimura film. Cause yeah, I thought it was cool to, Put him next to some of those guys and but uh tim let's talk about uh utah first uh i like him as a player he's he's got great feel um he can stroke the ball really well he's got good motor he's like not the most athletic guy but he is constantly trying to get in the right place and engage with the play but i do worry about his defense um he's he's thin right he's slight he's not exactly uh a wing stopper kind of guy, even though he does have good length. He's not really a, the kind of, uh, I think, defender this team might need. Yeah, no, it would be a very, uh, I don't know, with with everything like the SEC and Big Ten are doing in college where they're just like grabbing these teams and getting into different markets. LA can corner the Japanese market if they keep <laughs> Rui and grab Utah. Like, I think those are the only two active Japanese NBA players for a team mm-hmm. on, like on the Pacific. Like, I don't know, man. That, that I wouldn't mind that from a marketing standpoint, which, you know, isn't It's not nothing. But it's more to the Lakers than it is to a lot of other teams, I'd say, as well. So understanding that, you know, just 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 throwing that out there. Utah, I think you kind of nailed it. He moves well. He rotates really well. This is something we're going to see in this data. I just pulled up our, our player comparison 12B ball index against rotation on and off ball wings this past season. And when we look at Utah here on the far right and we scroll down to the interior defense, A- minus help defensive activity grade. He is very active as a helper, rotating, tagging roll men, cutting drives, helping the helper. That is a part of his game I really like. Another part of his game I like is that he boxes out quite well. He individually is not the best rebounder. He doesn't have the you know the biggest you know girth to him. He's got some length, but he does a good job just making those little plays that I appreciate on film a lot. It's good team defense. Uh, he's a pretty good shooter. Mm-hmm. 
if we scroll down here to the perimeter shooting, he had a three uh, A plus three point percentage, uh, a C plus shot quality. We can sure as hell improve that. Shot making itself was above average. The catch and shoot shot making was above average. So there's some ability there to space the floor, play good defense. Now, as an individual perimeter defender, that is not his strength. He's a good team defender, not a great individual perimeter defender. If we look at it, not a defensive playmaker, D plus pickpocket rating, D passing lane defense grade, but these, you know, even less encouraging. That to me is kind of the downside here. Another downside, he doesn't create shots at the rim for himself. This F rim shot creation, that's not good. He's okay finishing once he's there. Again, this is compared to other wings, rotation caliber wing. So you're not seeing, you know, uh, the end of bench guys kind of boost these grades up for everybody. But he's got his strengths. He's got his weaknesses. He's a limited player, but I think he's a, he's a good player. His impact this past season was below average. And I'd say there's certainly opportunity for improvement with a role on the a Laker team where he won't have to be doing the, the self-creation. His shot quality will be through the roof. Um, from a passing standpoint, I see this A minus passing efficiency, B quality, and C a guy that can be a good ball mover. Um, B minus overall gravity. Like this is a guy that can be helpful. So if he's available and he's one of these guys that like looking at this, in a vacuum, I don't think he's worth the full MLA. I don't know if he's worth the taxpayer MLE, but I think that might be more of a market rate for him. He's going to be a guy that, like, he might get the full MLE, but I just, I don't see it. Really? You um, think so? Just, I, I don't I think, think he's worth that. I just think there, there are it's enough the teams nature that need a teams. wing. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah and yeah, so yeah. we're either going to have teams say, ah, we're going to pass. We'll, you know, we're going to pay you what we think you're worth. We're not going to overpay somebody uh, and just kind of roll that ongoing need they have in the next season, yeah. which very well could happen. For a lot of these teams, it's like, all right, well, this would have been a bench guy. We're not going to overpay for a bench guy. W you know, we're fine. So that very well could happen, but if I wouldn't be surprised if he gets more than we think he's he's probably worth. But he's gonna fucking go to Golden State, dude. Watch, he's like <laughs> a kind of Golden State kind of guy. I feel like he would he, work well in that system. He's someone that like, hey, I'll, I'll pull up his player profile. Uh, I wouldn't mind to have him. I would not mind to have at the min. I would love him at the taxpayer MLE. I'm okay. Anything more than that, I I don't know that he's he's the guy you're looking for nice badges here gold corner specialist bronze microwave bronze catch and shoot bronze needle threader so he's he's getting high quality looks at high efficiency with that you know some decent high level grades he he's a player you can put in a better situation keep in mind these grades we're looking at now compared to all players 99th percentile defensive positional versatility Whew. low matchup difficulties not taking <laughs> on tough matchups that's because he's been more of an off-ball help from a role standpoint when we look at who he's guarding, lots of three, lots of one, lots of four, lots of, or sorry, yeah, all, all, everything basically. And even fives, he's guarding, you know, more than 64% of players are, are, are guarding him. He's guarding them 13% of the time. So he's an interesting, versatile player defensively. I'm intrigued by it. That rotates well, can, you know, play a bunch of positions. If you've got good rim protection or uh, rim defense behind him, I'm less worried about some of the perimeter defensive issues we see, like compared to all players, you know, 
average on ball defense, above average chaser defense, below average ball screen navigation. It's when you raise the bar and you compare them to like wings defensively that it's not as impressive, but you know, it's, it's an option looking at with him. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. All right, um, that's a good one. How about we move on to uh, Keita Bates-Diop, who is a lot more of the wing stopper with an uptick in shooting last year. Is that real? Is that, you know, uh, fake, you know, progression? 
uh, or is like, cause he could play really solid stopper defense in those highlights. You know, he has plays against Kevin Durant, um, Chris Paul, I think Shay shy is in there. So he, he's a pretty good one-on-one defender from at least what I've seen. Yeah. He's an interesting player. I see a lot of intriguing film with him. The data is interesting as well. He finishes well at the rim. He's a bit better than, at creating at the rim than, Utah is, that Jay Crowder is, that Torian Prince is. Uh, when we scroll down here a bit, we see that he's another guy that's pretty active as a rotator. And his perimeter defensive grades look much better than just about everybody up here. He navigates screens decently, can chase around off ball, staying in front. He's about average compared to these peers, but can be a bit of a defensive playmaker. Nothing, nothing crazy, nothing elite, but decent. From a shooting standpoint, he was someone that his shot making itself was a C. But he had A minus shot quality. That gets you that good three point percentage. That's something that let's let's see year by year what his three point shot making grade looked like. Because that I'm I'm curious to see is this that the uh, let me look database grade. Are we looking at just a shot quality improvement, or are we looking at a guy who just outright shot better? Let's see here. Pulling his info up. Okay. Yeah, no, his in. Okay. So this is database grades. So B plus three point shot making compared to all players. This was a bit of a jump from his norm. D minus D minus C minus D. He also saw the highest shot quality he's ever had. So he shot better than expected again on very, very easy shots. You know, not someone that I am saying, oh, this guy's definitely a shooter. But an intriguing player, I would say, nonetheless, he's got some skills in other areas. He's got that finishing ability. He rotates well. He's able to hold his own on the perimeter from an impact standpoint. He was around average playmaking standpoint. He actually was seeing the floor making a bunch of different passes quite well and at pretty good efficiency from a passing standpoint. So he's an intriguing guy. I don't I don't mind it Uh, from a pricing standpoint. He should get an offer from his current team at the taxpayer MLE or around the taxpayer MLE. So you're probably not going to get him for the min. But if you can offer him that MLE, the taxpayer MLE, you can be competing with him to get his services. He was a spur this past year. They've got a bunch of guys. They've got some new guys. He's going to be 28 this upcoming season. So, I, you know, it could make sense for him to move on, for them to move on from him, by the way. Gold put back boss badge. Uh, to me, at a high level, that's what things are looking like with him. So you know, I think his him being a uh, stretch big helper role. You know, I saw his roles change throughout the years as well, uh, which is the first year he's been a stretch big because of his you know improvement there. He he's an interesting guy who I think you know um, other teams uh, con- contending teams who need a. Uh, uh, a stretch guy or just another body to be able to throw out there. Cause I, yeah, I don't, I'm not saying he's like the number one wing stopper guy, but uh, the film I saw his health defense was really solid. So I'm, I'm a fan uh, for the right price, of course, as with everyone. Uh, the other guy we saw Tim, who I, you know, can't talk myself into, you know, after seeing the film is Jay Crowder and uh, not sure if he's going to get, uh, you know, above the minimum, you know, yeah, he still shoot. Um, okay, but it's not quite uh, what he was. And he's still one of the most streaky shooters in the league, feels like. 
Yeah, he's he was used as a wing stopper this past year. This three point shooting is certainly streaky. He, he didn't play a whole like how many minutes did he actually play this past season? I'm curious about. Yeah, that. he didn't have a lot. See here. Let's take a look at this three-point shooting data. Season by season. Look how crazy this is. Uh yeah, he only played 340 minutes. So, but when we look at most of the seasons in his career, he did not shoot well. He had a really good shooting season in Boston and then left Boston and didn't shoot well for a number of years. And then for Phoenix, the one year shot really well when they made it to the finals, and then not really there again. So interesting. Uh his percentage was good on that tiny sample. He's not a guy getting to or finishing much at the rim. Like from a, let me pull up the, the data compared to his peers in that in those wing roles. He's this column right here. He's a very good secondary rim protector. I think that's something you get with him. He is a good rotator. He plays passing lanes really well. Not really the 1v1 stopper at this point in his career, but okay three-point shooting. Uh, maybe we could certainly get the quality up that he had this past year. He's been a guy that for a number of seasons, whether his three-point shot is falling well or not, he has had decent impact. And I think that means something. I think that says something. He's a pretty good ball mover, by the way. Um, I don't love him. I would certainly love if he's you know, not on the other team, potentially injuring our players, which seems to always happen when, when the Lakers <laughs> play against him. Or crying uh, about not getting played. <laughs> yeah, he's one of those guys... Like, if the Lakers did sign him, how similar would your reaction be with him to when the Lakers got like Pat Beverly in terms of just like, I don't know that I want to. Oh, no. Pat's, Pat's the way way higher for me personally. Okay. Like Jay Crowder fucking sucks. Yeah. But <laughs> I think I could see him being a useful player for the Lakers. Okay. I gotcha. Yeah. So Crowder also getting out there age. He'll be in his age 33 season this upcoming year, 6'6". Six, six. There are some things he's good at. There are some areas he's not good at. Another guy that, like, I think his value itself might be more taxpayer MLE, but maybe getting more than that based on what the market looks like. And I don't know that. Like, if the Lakers have that kind of spending power, I don't, I wouldn't be spending it here. Yeah, I agree. Uh, move on. So, Rui Hachimura. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I think the answer is Rui. So let's yeah. do. So hang on, hang on. I've I've put together a tier maker thing. Uh, we've got a number of guys down here. We've got Jay Crowder. We've got uh, I believe this is yeah KWC Op, Torian Prince, uh, Cam Reddish, Rui, TJ Warren. Uh, why am I blank? Wait, no, hang on. <laughs> oh, right. This is Justice Winslow. I haven't looked at Justice Winslow's face in I don't know how long. Uh, Yuto Watanabe, Harrison Barnes, and then Troy Brown. These, this is kind of like the group of guys that, in theory, they're going to go for different amounts of money. But if we're starting with, let's say, like Rui, compared to these guys, what tier do you think you, you would have them in? Let us know in the so chat. We're, are we grading them based on the, their qualities as a player or their, like what you want, right? Uh, like, I guess... Like the caliber of player for the Lakers, right? The fit for the Lakers, okay. For the based, based on, this, on group. this group, yeah. Like, like we're not going to say, oh, well, they're you know we can't have any A's because they're not like Chris Middleton, like the perfect, among these guys. Yeah, right, right. Um, so you want to start with Rui? 
I mean, fits pretty good. I don't. Is it an A fit? It's, I don't know. We can A seems like it's fucking great. Like we have to have him back, which I don't know. Why don't we start B and then we can move him? How about Harrison Barnes? Same level, higher level. Is Barnes cooked? Is he? Oof. I might drop him one, but I can make an argument for it. So if it is helpful, let me pull up Harrison Barnes here. He was he he kind of surprised me a bit. He this past season. Is he on this list or is he? Have I hidden him? I may have hidden him. Ayrton Barnes added $17 million worth of, of value on court this year. He was like actually legitimately like pretty solid. Yeah, that's probably that's he's probably the A then. Because he's a vet. Uh, just I guess remembering that playoffs but yeah i think yeah, like for this I, I next think he is the season, best out of this yeah he's probably the best out of this group uh who's who do you think is the worst on here who do you want to put in that f category uh who's cam reddish okay we'll stick cam reddish as an f uh, <laughs> tj warren still playing <laughs> tj warren is still playing and I feel like he's maybe probably a son again uh, he was bad last so here's here's harrison Barnes, by the way pretty pretty solid stuff Take a look at TJ Warren. He defensive rebounded well. <laughs> yeah, like uh, his shooting wasn't good. The the shot making. So he this is whenever you see a high field goal percentage at the rim, but awful shot making on good shot quality. It's like he he wasn't getting there often. The volume was low, and then also. The, the quality was really high, so it doesn't buy into that percentage as much. Passing. Here, let's look at the impact data. Here's what the impact data looked like. C-plus overall impact, C-plus on offense, F on defense. Points per pos- stable points per possession value. I'd say D. D? Okay, I'd be behind that. Yeah. Jay Crowder. Think Jay Crowder is better than that? Hmm. Chat saying C. I think he's I see some D's. I think he's better than TJ Warren. Yeah. This is the tough one. <laughs> You just, you just don't like him. Like, uh, for the Lakers, I don't like him, but like he does have stretches of very good shooting and and you know of important defensive role. Um, but he mm-hmm. sucks. Fucking. Um. Okay. What about KBD? I think he's. I think he might be a B as well. I would like him on this team. I think it fits. He fits well. I don't think he's as if talented. If the shooting as is there, right? I'm with you. If right. his shooting regresses, I think he's probably C or D. But if the shooting, if he plays this year, like he it plays next year, like he played this year, I could see him kind of being, you know, somewhere in here. Let's see what is, what's the chat saying. I see. Oh, all of the BC for, for Kata Bates Diop. Yeah, yeah, fair. Shooting could regress. How about Troy Brown? We're familiar with Troy Brown. 
Or would you stick him? I feel like he's a C. I feel like he's just like a like a very average guy. Mm-hmm. I think you can certainly do worse than him. Right. With, with some of the guys out here. Uh, speaking of, Justice Winslow. He... It's probably an F, right? Let's let's pull him up. I just for this Lakers team especially, like I don't. It doesn't, I doesn't don't fit. Make sense. It doesn't make sense. All right, so he was a good perimeter defender, but offensively, there's just no shooting. There's no rim pressure. He can pass a little bit. He'll rebound. He again, he defends well. He defends well. His offensive impact is very, very negative. Or it was very, very negative this past year. Oh, yeah, here's a look. Oh, man. F, 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 F. It's like 4%, 17%, 5%. Yeah, so this is a good example where, like, being good on one end and bad on the other, you have to consider the magnitude for each of them. He's okay on defense. He's very, very bad on offense. So I, I'd say he's probably D or F. What did Prince shoot from three? That's probably not good. I think he's probably a C as well. Yeah, Prince right, against so Lakers. Okay. Cor- so, silver corner specialist badge, bronze contact finisher, movement shooter role. Chaser. Impact doesn't look Damn, great. It's a big ass chaser. All right, so. Sh- Shooting pretty solid, thirty-eight percent. That like I like that. That's pretty good. Finishing, that's okay. It's okay. We can work with that. This looks like an okay ball mover. Guys, he's the fours hitting. You know, he's getting good looks for teammates. A minus quality. That's appealing. Rebounding on offense, not not crashing. He's not giving you anything there defensively. It's a little spotty. Uh, From a perimeter to point. These aren't great grades for a wing. We look at interior defense, pretty solid secondary room protector. That's nice. Positionally, he's guarded twos and threes than fours most. But, I mean, he's got three position versatility. That can be useful. Impact-wise, though, just not, not very good. But, I mean, like, looking at this, I, this looks valuable to me. A minus, spot, stable spot-up efficiency, like A minus stable off screen efficiency, A on handoffs, B on cuts and dump offs. Like this, I, I think he's currently overpaid. He's, he's currently going to be making like seven, eight million dollars next year, and that's why he might be cut and, and available. But I, I can, I'm I'm open, but I can see I can see him being like a C guy on here. I think I think for the Lakers. Yeah, I think he's, you can make an argument he's a B, but I think he's probably a C. You could make a – because but, the shooting's nice. Hmm. Yeah. But he's a low-impact defensive role player. Like, he was a chaser. It's like a 6'9", yeah, dude. that's like, just an that? odd way to use him. So let's take a look. I'm curious. His Okay, so his help defense is above average compared to wings at least. Yeah, I just think the role he was used in was really odd. His D LeBron compared to Wings was actually C minus. 
I, I don't know. I look at this F offensive efficiency or off offensive impact compared to the efficiency values that he had and just, just say like, we can do better. Like he can do better than that. You can optimize a guy better than that and get more out of him. So I don't and know. I'm fringe C or B with him. Yeah. All right. Last but not least, Utah. And we'll come back to Rui, I think, which is a good discussion to have uh, about maybe mm -hmm. boosting him up. So Utah, um, what do you think? BC level? So there's the shooting. There's good team defense. Mm -hmm. That's it. Those are the two things yeah. he's going to give you. And so shooting's nice. We like that. That's a good fit. I think he evolved a lot of these players. He's one of the guys who's, you know, going to commit to the role and like do the best that he possibly can at the things like he specifically, as long as that's, you know, within reason for him. And it won't always be because it's the league, you know, can't always be perfect. But he's like, I, I see him as a star in your role guy a little bit more than some of the other names on here, right? Cam Reddish doesn't give a fuck. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like that way about Torian Prince. He got like a pretty good mid-level wing contract, you know, <laughs> feels like a decade ago and hasn't been really relevant since, um, mm -hmm. you know, impact way. So, yeah. yeah so I, am I hearing that he's a uh, gritty, tough defender, Tom, potentially? <laughs> what were the words that uh, yes. Rob used today? <laughs> no, I'm not saying camera is just stupid. I'm saying I don't think he really played like, he cared about making the extra rotation or trying to be in, in position on defense uh, from the film I saw. So um, he's just the guy who's not really, at least from the film I saw, willing to be a defensive role player. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, where would you put him? See? Because that's still, you know, some team defense guy shooting. Shit, shooting might put you as a B automatically. <laughs> yeah i i i think hmm, i think probably see just because he's limited to like those two skill sets I, but i can i don't know you can make the case for several of these guys to potentially be in that b territory I mean, contract notwithstanding, I think what we're seeing is, you know, some of the guys that might be expected to make more money are a little bit higher here, too. So there's a value, you know, mm -hmm. a yep. value in that, you know, what some of these guys like. I think for value wise, if you could get you to on the taxpayer, I'm interested in that. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I, I, I see what you're saying. I'm interested to see, uh, like, Trey Brown. I know the season didn't end well for him in terms of him being cut from the rotation, and he just he just wasn't hitting his threes. But when we look at what he did in the regular season, he was one of the Lakers' better three-point shooters. And I think that's something that became overlooked just because – he didn't shoot well in that small sample. And there were certainly up and down stretches. But I don't know. We saw some passing value out of him. When we look at the stable efficiencies, B plus spot up. 
he, he did. I, I thought this was funny all year long. How like he, for whatever reason, was someone that was able to like cook well late clock, even though it shouldn't. It didn't look like it should be that way. Like watching the film compared to seeing like the ball go through the hoop, I'd be surprised more often than not. But mm-hmm. I don't know. Now, someone that like if you get in a situation as the Lakers and like Barnes cap space offer. It's the opposite. He gets like some type of MLE. Same thing with same thing with Utah. Same thing with Crowder. If you're left with Rui and Brown, and just bringing them both back at you know Rui for for his 13, 14, 15, 16 mil, and then Brown at a min, you could do worse. And if you're able to get Brown at a min compared to these other guys that are in that same caliber, you know I think there's some potential value there. But I think at the end of the day, LA just kind of running it back from a wing standpoint is probably like the higher end of their outcomes or an outcome. I shouldn't say it like, like, I don't think it's like a outlier outcome. I think it's a good likely outcome. I see what you mean, but it's the quality on the higher end of the outcome spectrum. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. And I think there's an argument here. We could quickly say, you know, is Rui an A as far as his fit with the Lakers and you know what they could what they have to pay him to retain him? If it's a 12 to 14 million dollar contract, I think that's an A. I think that's an A fit. Um, I think he's on the timeline that they want, you know, somebody who can contribute right now with the potential to grow, but that might mean you know, give him give him something back, right? But as to right now, it's been a beneficial relationship between them. Because he wasn't I like that you brought up the Wizards earlier. Like, yeah, the Wizards are gonna sign Rui back. And the like they could, but that would be crazy, right? Like based yeah. on what we know about the the human uh side of the of the coin. So Right. That's a good factor. It, you know, money yeah. talks, money heals all wounds, but it's gotta be a lot of fucking money, I feel like. But the Lakers to <laughs> see what I was trying to say is like the Lakers needed a player like him for a couple seconds, you know, whatever they gave up. And and Rui kind of needed them too. Mutually beneficial. Let's go into this negotiation um, trying to achieve the same thing. Let's get mm-hmm. something good for both of us here. Yeah. And, and getting back to my earlier point, if they are able to find something for him that if he doesn't get a cap space offer and they are able to give him something is above the full MLE, but between him and D'Lo, and maybe Reeves, maybe Reeves isn't getting the max of what he could get. Like mm-hmm. between these three guys, if you're able to keep it to like $44 million or so between the three of them, you again end up in the spot where you could use that full MLE. And if you're at that MLE, you can be a factor for Dante DiVincenzo. Straight up. You are a competitor. You are a contender for Dante DiVincenzo. Who we didn't talk about yesterday because – at the moment, I was thinking like, yeah, I don't, I don't think he'd be able to, you know, even get to that yeah. MLE. And he should be an MLE guy. Uh, if they can, though, yeah, all of a sudden that does become a potential option. Hey, if, right. if Indiana goes for Harrison Barnes and then doesn't want to go for Bruce Brown, Bruce Brown's probably now a full MLE guy. Like, if you can open this piece up, you can be a competitor for some of the higher end guys for any of the three discussions we're going to have this week. And to me, that is tremendously valuable because that's that's basically an extra p- player. Because if we look at this biannual exception, four and a half million dollars, the taxpayer MLE is five million dollars. 
So it's like, it's just about the same. You just get an extra 12 mil to spend on a player. So that is huge. That is absolutely huge. So these three guys right here, this is the key along with this piece. If you're able to do this. And I think again, uh, sorry, I, I, I should be saying what, what I'm, I should be speaking what I'm highlighting here. Cause it's doing with this, with the pot as well. Reeves, D'Lo and Rui controlling that cost. And then, cutting Mo Bamba and then declining Beasley's option and then resigning him to a deal. And, and Hey, maybe you're not able to control the cost with Rui and with Dilo and Reeves. Okay. Sorry, bees. You're, you're out. That lets us get up yep. a bit higher here. And then we're still in the same situation and we're still able to use that. These, these two spending pieces, but now you've lost out on a guy who probably is worth seven or $8 million. So, you know, all things equal, try to keep these, try to keep Reeves, Rui and D'Lo, and then just open up that extra spending power. I think this is probably LA's best path. And you can, you know, put together a roster that maybe looks something like this. I don't know if Plumlee would be available. Maybe, <laughs> maybe it's, Maybe you go get, uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll talk about it tomorrow. Maybe you go get DiVincenzo instead. Yes, uh, Thursday, it will be our big show, Tim. Um, we take Wednesdays off, but come back on Thursday. We'll be going over bigs. And then we're going to be doing a Friday stream as well for free agency. I'm not exactly sure what we'll stream. Maybe just throw up NBA TV or ESPN, whatever's, you know, mm-hmm. they usually do like the Woj and Low show and whatever. So, yeah, we can just hang out, you know, grab a drink, grab your your libation of choice and come hang out on Friday with us. I'm going to make a little graphic for that soon. But any other wing or, or uh, anything you want to go over, Tim? No, nah, I think we covered it pretty well. I am excited for Friday. I think what I'll do is in addition to, you know, pulling up the, the TV for people to watch when moves happen. I'll be tracking them live in my spreadsheet and we can share my screen. Mm-hmm. All right, well, here's the rest of the wing market. Here's the rest of, you know, which teams have needs and for how much money we can try to piece together what, as it's, as it's occurring. So that could be a good time Perfect. as, you know, as the Lakers are making moves, we can get in here and, you know, update things. And I, I think it would be much more of a, we're going to figure it out and project what's going to happen rather than otherwise I'm just sitting there on Twitter refreshing and refreshing and trying to like just just wait for something to happen so i think that would be a good time yeah we are taking tomorrow off tom i'm actually joining a sons podcast tomorrow to talk about our good friend frank vogel which should be uh, an interesting time but uh if you want to continue the conversation whether it's about frank vogel free agency anything with us uh join our discord group the, the lakers exceptionalism podcast we have the uh you know, follow the podcast account at Lakers X pod or Lakers sex pod. As we, we realized it's also spelled based <laughs> off of that. We've started the uh, Lakers sex mafia is the name of the discord group. Had a little bit of fun with that. Uh, and so join that group, continue the conversation. You can get in there for free. Send me Tom or the Lakers sex pod Twitter account, five star review of the podcast, or check out the link in my bio on Twitter at Tim underscore MBA. You can, you can get in that, you know, you'll, you'll see the directions there. Um, there are different tiers. Once you're in it, Johnny's putting the, the link. Uh, if you want to check out the different tiers, we have different offerings. I uh, want to shout out front of the pod court prowess for rocking out with their arena sponsorship as well as to TJ Timotaji, Zach Harris, Q daddy. iPod shuffle, Miguel T Shuttleworth, 
Omar, Roy, Abdurrahman, Camille Mason, Doppel, and Romario for living the high life with us in the owner's box, as well as to the courtside and lower bowl crews. Uh, Josh in the chat saying he's got the, that courtside tier worth the money. Man, there's a lot of good stuff in there. If you join that Shut courtside up. tier, you immediately have like like or so of co- recorded content of, you know, if you want to learn X's and O's, there you go. That That's going to set you up real well. Happy birthday, by the way, Josh. Yep. I know uh, things didn't go the way we were hoping the other day. Um, but yeah, no, get in there. It's a bunch of fun. It's a good community. This is like our time of year because, we, you know, we just went through this whole exercise and there's a yep. whole lot more that comes along with that. So this next week is going to be a bunch of fun as we figure things out, break it down together in there. So, so come join us. All right. Thanks, everybody. Have a good night.